The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. You know, throughout this month, we've been talking about faith. We've had various teachings. We've gone through God's Word, God's Word around uh, about faith, about what faith is, how we can use the, the Word of God, how we can produce things in, our, in our life, how the Word of God is the big foundation for everything you do when you talk about faith. A lot of people just say, oh, if only I had a little faith more. I, I, we, we learned a lot about how faith comes. How does faith come? It comes through the receipt of the Word of God. When you receive the Word of God, the Word of God is the container for faith. Hallelujah. The Word of God is the carrier of faith. And when a man receives that Word, faith is impacted into that man's life. The Word of God is the container for faith. And tonight we're going to look a bit deeper at it. I mean, at that Word again, we're going to just go deeper where that Word is concerned. Um, I would like to uh, um, start this way tonight. Um, you know, one of the things that has to do with faith, a lot of time people just say, if I, can, if I can only have more faith, maybe this situation, maybe that situation in my life will, t- will be turned around, maybe circumstances will change for me. But one of the foundational things where it comes to faith, working in faith, exercising your faith, developing your faith muscles is concerned is the fact that you've got to accept the Word of God as the final authority over your life. Until you get to that place where you accept the Word of God as final authority over your life, a lot of time it's just lip service you will be playing when you say you're exercising faith. You've got to get to that position and sometimes it at various times, various situations and circumstances of life. Ten years ago, the word, you may have accepted the word of God as the final authority over your health, over your protection. Another um, season may come. You may just accept that the word of God is final authority over an aspect of your life. At every point in time, you've got to check how are you believing. What are you believing? You've got to accept that the word of God is the final authority over your situation. You've got to, to, to establish that where it comes with different areas, different aspects of, of your life. The Word of God is the final authority. Let me tell your neighbor, the Word of God is the final authority over my life. It's not your situation. It's not what the political environment is saying. It's not what the politicians are saying. It's not what the World Economic Forum is saying. You know, it's not what the World Bank is saying. So people will tell you that based on prediction, based on statistics, based on what the National Bureau of Statistics has said, based on what, I mean, this, this research has shown, this is what will happen. This is the highest that anyone cannot earn more than this bracket. And people will tell you that based on your level of education, you should not be able to go beyond a particular ceiling. Based on your level of exposure, you should not have more than a particular level of income. But when it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God actually shatters any form of natural ceiling that can be placed over any man. The Word of God, you've got to see that Word of God as, if you believe the Word of God, a final authority, you realize that when the Bible says that with God, nothing shall be impossible. If what, what that situation, what that word means is that any area where you have accepted either the word of a doctor 
or the word of an engineer, the word, the word of maybe your lecturer, as final authority, or you've accepted the word of what the politics, what the environment has said, where you are concerned, then you've got to have a, re a rethink at that situation. You've got to rethink that situation. You've got to rethink that circumstance. You know, sometimes, a lot of times, people get fixated on what has been said. People, people get told that because... Um, you went to a polytechnic, there are certain kind of jobs you should not get and that you will not get. But listen to me, there is no one who can set a limit on your life except you accept that limit yourself. Sometimes you get you hear story and conversations that, oh, if you do not have a master's, this cannot happen. You cannot have work in this level of income. If you're not from a particular family, and people say all sorts of things, then the men submit to the limitation. And when people believe and accept those limitations, it ultimately affects their outcome in life. If someone believes that, oh, I'm 35 now, I'm at 35, it's difficult to get someone to marry, either as a man or as a woman, then you are accepting the limitation of what men are saying to you. But there is something that the Word of God says. The Bible calls it a more sure word of prophecy. The Bible calls the Word of God a more sure word of prophecy. You know, starting from Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 2, and, and, and you read all Genesis, you realize that the situation, there was chaos on earth. There was chaos in the situation of mankind. God created the earth. The devil came and messed up things. And God started speaking what he wanted to see. God started speaking what he wanted to see. And at a point in time, the, the natural circumstances bowed to the supernatural circumstances. Because the word of God is the parent word. The word of God has a natural prevailing ability. The word of God says that in Acts, that are so mightily grew the word of God that it prevails. The word of God will naturally prevail. <laughs> The word of God will naturally prevail over situations. The word of God will naturally prevail over circumstances. No matter the situation you go through, no matter the situation you encounter, the word of God has a natural ability to prevail. The word of God swallows up cancer. The word of God swallows up diseases. The word of God has that ability to swallow up lack. You know, you've heard stories, countless stories of people. Someone will tell you that the doctors told me it's not possible for me to give birth. It's not possible for me to have this or have that, but one of the things that keeps happening is the fact that the Word of God keeps defying what natural science has set as a limit. The Word of God keeps defying what people have set as a limit over people's career, over people's destiny, over people's ability. Someone would say, oh, if you are not educated, if you are not that educated, you should not get certain kinds of jobs. People say that. If you, are not, if you don't have this level of qualification, then what will happen to me? And if one of the things you must realize that the word of God has settled your situation. The word of God has settled all. If you can just find yourself in the word of God, that situation, that circumstance, as it looks, no matter how, how bleak that situation is, it bows to the word of God. Because the word of God, you've got, if you can accept, you've got to make a decision. Whose report will you believe in? Whose report will you believe? Most of the time, natural circumstances will tell you that things are impossible. 
natural circumstance, maybe has been telling you for a long time that you cannot get a promotion. He has been telling you you cannot get a job in a particular sector or in a particular industry. But one of the things that we know from the Word of God and that we are sure of, is, and it's a confidence we have. You know, the apostles we are talking, they said they are talking about the Word of God. They said what, the one that we have seen, the one we have touched, the one we have handled of the Word of life. The Word of God is the Word of life. The Word of God brings life. It impacts life in those situations. The Word of God impacts life in those circumstances. No matter what you've gone through since the beginning of this year, instead, eight months is nearly, is nearly gone. I've, had, I've come to church. I've had testimonies. I've had this. Last Sunday, Pastor Barry was, I mean, you know, reading some amazing testimonies. The, the, the Sunday before, Pastor Duba was telling us testimony of what happened to people. But there are people in this place who keep wondering, how come, when will it ever be my turn? When will it be my my season again, but I want to assure you, I brought you a word of encouragement tonight. The word of God never fails. The word of God cannot fail. Bible says God who never lies. So if God never lies, that means his word can never lie. Because a man and his word, they are one and the same. You cannot be separated from you can't, you can't separate it from your word. Same way where, where God is concerned. The Bible says God who never lies. God, even if he wants to, he does not have the ability to lie. No wonder that if God looks at you right now and says that you're a man, I mean, I mean, maybe you're a man, and God looks at you and says that you're a woman, automatically you will change you to a woman. Because that word never lies. He never lies. As he said it, will he not do it? As he said it, <laughs> will he not do it? As he said it, will he not do it? If he has said it, if you've had it, you know, if he has said it in his word, can you believe it? Can you receive it? Can you allow that situation, that circumstance to be settled by the word of God you've had? Can you allow that situation to be settled? Can you allow the word of God to be the final situation over that circumstance, when you've been on that situation for years, for five years, for ten years, and it appears as if it's not shifting, you've tried to get a house. Lord, you've not asked God for more than anything. You've only asked him to give you a three-bedroom flat. And all you have been living in is a one-bedroom. It's one room, one room. It's not a, it's not a one-bedroom, but it's a room. And you've asked God just three-bedroom. And you know, now sometimes... Because you have passed that, sometimes some people have left that stage. And so you say, ah, why will someone be getting annoyed with God over asking for a three-bedroom? Anybody can get a three-bedroom. To you, yes. But to him, no. Now, there are other things you may have been looking up to God for. You've asked. And then someone, some other person will be wondering, um, you know, I mean, what's he asking for? But the word of God, is, it never lies irrespective of your situation, irrespective of your circumstance, if you will take that word and you apply it to that situation and you apply it to that circumstance, it, the word of God will always bring forth results. The word of God will always bring forth fruits. The word of God naturally dominates situation. It wins. That word always wins. The word of God always wins. No matter the situation you've been, no matter where you've been, one, one, I mean, one of the things and the assurance we have in the Word of God is the fact that that Word of God as it is, the Bible says it is powerful, that the Word of God is powerful. 
when you need power applied in any way, in any situation, inject the word of God. When you introduce the word of God into any situation, into any circumstance, you know, a lot of times people have had this, that when you hear the word of God, you introduce the word of God, the word of God naturally dominates. But are you injecting that word? How well are you using that word where your situation is concerned, where your circumstance is concerned? How well are you using that word? When was the last time you had a word immersion? When was the last time you sat down with that word? You are studying that word. You are living. You are, you are listening to the word of God. You are hearing the word of God. When you are sleeping, you are playing the message. You are playing the scriptures, and that word is affecting you. And that word is going to that situation. When was the last time you sat down with the word of God, listening to it back to back, reading it back to back, determining to change that situation, to change that circumstance? There are seasons in your life when you, you know, you've got to get back to that place when you have no other option, when there is no other alternative. You know, sometimes when you have, a, if when there are other alternatives in the world, you know, you need money. You know that okay, if I go to work, at least thirty days, make one paycheck, they will pay. But there are times when beyond when that, when that take home can no longer take you home. There are times you are earning it is good, but after a while, it can no longer take you home. You've got to do something about it. Is it is that you keep changing your job? Is that you keep changing your job? Or you, or you start complaining? And then if you get into that situation where you, you get to that complaint mode, you find out that things will not work as it ought to. And you need to get back to that thing. What, what, what is that foundational thing that causes things to change? Can you remember when you did not even have a job and all you, were, you just believed God for was to have an internship? How you prayed. I remember... A, someone who used to, um, he, was, he wanted to do IT and then wanted to get a role with an IT job with Chevron. It's not a permanent job. The mere fact that when they, you know, he used to live with a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, then pray in the morning. You know, you just pray sometimes, stroll. But the day they told him he had an interview with Chevron, this brother prayed all night. He, you know, he prayed all night. He remembered all the scripture. He did not sleep. He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. Now, don't allow yourself to get into a situation of, an, of emergency. Of course, God came through for him in that situation. But it was just because, Lord, I have no other thing. If I don't get this job, this is my life dream. This is my goal, just to do IT. He's not looking for a permanent job, just to do IT. With, with, with an oil firm. And he prayed all night. He prayed. God, everybody could join him to pray, to pray. Uh, you know, if he was not going for permanent, he will probably get a team of people to be praying for seven days. But, but you know something that happened? When he realized that the only thing between me and getting to that place, there's no connection. It was by, it was by God's grace. Someone helped him to submit his CV. And then they've invited him for the interview. And you know, I have only one chance. If we treat life as if you have only one shot at life, and really we only have one shot, you're not going to come back again. And so what, what stories will you tell your kids? What stories will you tell your generation? You tell them, you know, I mean, I'm sure Kenneth Hagin's children, they've heard the story of their grandfather over and over that if you repeat, they say, oh, here it comes again. And then you've got to have stories you will tell your children. 
You've got to have things. You will tell your children, at least that we, I mean, we believe God for this thing. I believe God to get married. You believe God to have children. You believe God to change your, your, the, the story of your lineage. Hallelujah. You've got to have things. You believe God. But you know, in the midst of all of this, there are times and, situ- and, there are times and seasons in our life when it seems as if you've done all you know to do. And this thing just appears not to be working. You've done everything, and it appears as if this faith, it did not work. Pastor, I tried everything. There are seasons when you've tried everything that you think you've tried. You've, there are times when you said, I've done it all. They said, I should confess the word of God, I've confessed the word of God. I should study, I studied. I should pray in tongues, I pray in tongues. I should um, fast, I fasted. And I did everything. But it just appears that sometimes it's not working. Or it has not worked the way you expected it. It has not worked like the testimony of that sister. Like the testimony of that brother who said he applied the other. I would like us to look a, a, uh, briefly at some, the story of, of a few people. You know, just like the, what we sent out today about this meeting service. And it says that there's a caption that says that faith positions you for more. And the love of God supplies. One of the things that we, that we realize from God is that the love of God will never deny us anything. I cannot be denied. The Lord, love of God will always supply. No matter what you are going through, you can get more. You can get more. You know, one of the things I love about the word of God, I mean, part of these stories we'll read here, to, to, to encourage your first Samuel, let, let's start from um, First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel 30 from verse 1. We're going to read quite some scriptures today. Um, from verse 1 says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and spent Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to, to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. I know I'm the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Camelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. He encouraged himself in the Lord is God. And David said to Abiata, I pray thee bring me the, the effort. And Abiata brought the effort and he inquired of the Lord and the, the Bible went on and on. He asked God, what should I do? God said, pursue and you shall recover all. And if you, if, I mean, if, if you, let's go to verse 18. And the Bible says that, uh, uh, let's say 17, uh, let's, let's, let's do 16. It said, and when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoils that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. 
And there escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And the Bible says that David recovered what? All. And David recovered what? All. David recovered all. Just as God has said, David recovered all. Everything that had been promised him, everything that had been said to him, the Bible said that David recovered all. And just because the word of God, God spoke to him. And so he held on to that word. That word was the, was the final authority over that situation. The Bible said that David recovered all. David recovered all. Everything that he desired. The Bible said that everything that was taken, everything that he lost. The Bible said that David did what? He recovered everything. He recovered everything. Everything that he lost. Everything that was taken away from them. The Bible said he recovered all. Hallelujah. Let's look at another story that has to do with David. Second Samuel chapter 12. You know, in the first story, he, you know, he recovered all. Second Samuel chapter 12. In this chapter, God sent Nathan to David after the death of Uriah. And because David took Uriah's wife, and God gave him a parable, not knowing that it was the parable, it was the person that God was referring to. And then from verse 11, after the prophet Nathan had spoken to him, he said, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And he kept giving various prophecies. He said, What you've done in secret, secret to be done before Israel. And um, verse 13, And David said unto Nathan, I've seen against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. I'll be it because of this deed. Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house. And the Lord struck the child that Rahab's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child. And David fasted and went in, and lay all night upon the earth and the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servant of, of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? And when David saw that his servant whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servant, Is the child dead? And he said, He's dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. Then said his servant unto him, What thing is this that thou has done. Thou did fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou did rise and eat bread. And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he's dead. 
Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went unto her and lived with her. And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved them. And the Lord loved them. There are a lot of things from this scripture we read. We're talking about exercising faith. Sometimes we've been in situations, circumstances like this. You know, you've done that interview. You've had the word of the Lord. You had a word. You got a scripture. And you believe that, look, this job, I'm getting, the, I'm getting that letter. You've been to a situation, a circumstance, and you're saying, this, 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 this is, will be my experience. This, will be, um, this, this is what I will, I, I will expect. And you were in faith. You know, he was fasting. He was doing every other thing. That he, you know, in the first instance, the, the first scripture we read, the Bible makes I mean, Bible to understand that David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. That means he knew his God. The Bible says that those that know their Lord, they, 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 they will do exploit. They will do exploit. And so there is that part of you having a personal relationship with God to that point whereby you, you will know. There are certain things you will know as a result of your relationship with God. As you exercise your faith, it's as a result of things being stirred up in your heart, knowing, knowing whom you have believed them. Knowing whom you have believed, knowing what he has said to you. And now, I mean, David went through the situation, his child was healed, and he fasted, he prayed, and he did every other thing. And, and it just didn't work out. And sometimes, some people, people go through this phase, go through this situation. And sometimes you go through a situation and, and circumstance in life that you look back, you say, look, I, I've done everything I'm, I, I, I knew how to do. And at the end of the day, it didn't work out. And then sometimes people throw in the towel. People just quit and say, I'm not doing anymore. I'm not engaging my faith anymore. Let me go and look for another option. They, I mean, this is no longer option A. Option A did not work for me. Let me look for another option. Let me look for another way to go about this situation. Maybe God, God has spoken to you. You've heard about the fact that you have great prophecies declared over you that are going to work in high level of finances. You will, ex, you will ex, exceed anyone in your generation. You'll be the richest person in your, in your entire family. And then one year, five years, ten years, gradually you are not seeing sign of that world coming to be. You've had prophecies. God has said, he has, I mean, he has told you that you'll be a mother, I mean, a mother of fruitful children. You'll be fruitful. You've had a lot of word and you've waited. You've exercised your faith. And there's the time comes when someone becomes weary, and then you say, "Look, I, I'm no longer doing anymore. If it if it doesn't happen, let it, I mean, no, let it just be. I'll just allow it to go. I won't pursue it anymore. Maybe God will give me something else." There are seasons in our life when situation and circumstance and everything tells you that that what you have believed God for, what you have expected, cannot happen anymore. And this happens to people different times, different phases in life. People go through challenging times. Go through trials, through temptations. Eh? And, it, and what people tend to do naturally is to throw in the towel and quit. It's not yet time to quit. It's not yet time to quit. A lot of time, when people are near that final position, when that season, when that season around the corner, and the devil throws in a lot of obstacles, you've prayed, you faster like he did, and every other thing. And then, but your Bible said that he did one more thing, one more time. He woke up, you know, he stood up, he watched his face, and then he went into the house of the Lord to worship God. 
It's not when there is situation, circumstance, that's not when we should draw back. That's not when we should refrain. I'm no longer going to church. I'm not going to worship God. I cannot even open my mouth to worship God. That is when his high praise should be on your lips. When things have not worked out the way you expected, that those are the season when you should shout the most, when you, when you should rejoice the most, when you should praise the most. The one who has received his miracle should not be shouting louder than you who are, you are yet to see yours. You should shout louder. It's time to do it again louder. It's time to sound his praise higher. It's time to raise your voice one more time. You know, like David said, even after he suffered a defeat, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He suffered a defeat and God spoke to him. And on that season, the same womb that lost a child, a child lost from, and then when he went, he worshipped God. And by, by by, by maybe the next year or so, another child came forth. And that child eventually became the next king after him. One of the things that happened, when you've gone through period of adversity, times and season, when it appears as if the promises of God have been delayed, when it appears as if those things you believe God for, you've imagined, you've dreamt, you've dreamt about those things, you dreamt about the things you will do. When I, when I get that job, I'm just going to relocate to to VN and that offer and, and, and that offer, you know, just never came. Or they even showed you your total reward um, package. You saw it. But you are now waiting. Send the letter and you are waiting. And, and it's a bad position to be in. But you know, one more time, that's not when to throw in the towel and quit. That's the season to lift up your hands to God again and begin to praise him. The highest form of, 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 of exercise your faith is when you're able to thank him in the midst when, that, when the situation has not changed, when the circumstance has not turned around the way you expected it to have turned around, when the season, when the tide has not changed, it's time to do it again. It's time to lift your voice again to God in the place of prayer. It's time to thank him again. It's time not to, don't quit at that, at that situation. Don't quit because it has not worked out the first time. Don't quit because you look what you've expected. You have yet to see it. Sometimes, a lot of time, people quit before the answer is delivered to them. People quit. Sometimes, people, you know, it's, it's the, the, the most difficult part of the period, the most difficult part of that phase. It's just, it's just a night. It's just one more night. One more night. One more night. One more night and things will change. One more night and that circumstance will change. You've waited, you've prayed, you've fasted. At the end of the day, it didn't happen. What will you do? Like David, the Bible said David woke up. I mean, lifted up from the head. Having refused to eat for days. Everybody had begged him. When the child died, he rose up again. He went to God in the place of prayer. I went to worship God. He worshipped God. You know, there are some seasons. There are seasons of our life when we are worshipping God. It's an act of faith. There are seasons that as an act of faith to worship God. It's an act of faith to praise God. You don't know where the next meal will come from. It's time to praise him. You don't know where the next, where, where, where you, how you pay that bill. It's time to praise him. It's time to lift up your voice to him in the place of prayer. In a, you know, in your quiet time, 
in the night time, while you are alone, without any other person, without any instrument, it is easy to praise God when we are here together tonight. But when you are there and, and you look at the bank accounts and that money is not yet there, even though you have released your faith, you've been confessing for the last six months and it's, it's yet to get there, it's time to praise Him again. It's time to turn loose your praise again. It's time to turn loose your praise again. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, there's another scripture I want us to read again tonight. Let's go to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis 26. About the story of Isaac. I'll start from verse 12. Genesis 26 from verse 12. Then Isaac, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great. And went forward and grew until it became very great. For he had possessions of locks and possessions of earths and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. For all the worlds which his father's servant had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to, unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence, and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah, and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which he had digged in the days of, his, of, 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 days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servant digged in the valley, and found there a well of springing water. And the headsman of Gerah did strive Isaac's headsman, saying, the water is ours, and he called the name of the well Isaac, because they strove with him. And they digged another well, and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence, and digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he, and he called the name of it Rehoboth, and he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And we shall be fruitful in the, in the land. The word of God to you tonight is that dig again. Let me tell somebody, dig again. Let me tell two people around you, dig again. You know, do it all over again. You know, there are things you've given up, do it again. Somebody, do it again. You know, you know it's time to praise God again. I, I've praised him, praise him again. It's time to send the application again. I've applied, I've been refused. It's time to apply again. You've done that test several times. You failed. It's time to do it again. The Bible says that Isaac, he kept digging. When he thought he had seen victory, then they would strive. He would dig again. And, and then he said, oh, he would think that something else has happened. It has changed. He kept digging. You know, it's time to dig again. Let me tell you, neighbor, dig again. No, what have you abandoned? What have you left? What have you assumed that it cannot happen again or it will never happen again? It's time to dig again. Hallelujah. You know, it, it, it's time to praise God again. It's time to sow again. Hallelujah. It's time to shout again. It's time to dance again. It's time to worship God again. It's time to 
do it again. Over and over, you've praised him. You've not praised him enough. It's time to do it again. Hallelujah. You thought you've shouted enough. It's time to shout again. It's time to give him that praise again. It's time to allow that praise to well up from your inside. That is devoid of how you feel. It's devoid of the things that you can see. Beyond what you can touch. Beyond what you can feel. Beyond what your five senses can tell you. It's time to do it again. Hallelujah. It's time to do it again. It's time to apply again for those opportunities. It's time to dream again. You know, a lot of people have let go of their dreams because of situations and circumstances. You know, one of the things that happened to uh, Isaac, uh, Isaac, Bible said that Isaac became very wealthy. He became wealthier that the king was afraid. The king said, you are, you are mightier than us. So you thought he had everything, but there was a but. There was something that was not yet there. That the, those wells of his father's inheritances that we are his, that are not seized, that they are not taken. He, he went after them again. He could have said, I have all things, but he just said, everything that is mine, I will take. I'm not going to stop where I am right now. And he went after them again and again. And when we went after them, he was striving. I mean, Abimelech's men were striving with them. Then he would dig again. He kept digging. He kept digging. It's time to apply again. Hallelujah. It's time to apply again. It's time to dream again. It's time to allow your dreams to come alive. There are dreams you had. You had dream books. Some people in this place had dream books. You have things you wrote down. I would like to do this. I would like to do that. It's time to do what to dream again. Come and open the pages of those books. Go back into your archive. It's time to dream again. Let the Spirit of God fan to flame. Let it fan the fires of that light on your inside. It's time to dream again. It's time to catch that fire again. Don't get to that place where you say, all I do, all I do. You know, I remember a time I used to pray two, two hours every day. Don't get to your night to pray where you pray 15 minutes again. It's time to pray again. It's time to wake up again. It's time to wake up and pray again. It's time to get back to that place where you surround yourself with the word of God. That everywhere, that let the word of God dwell richly in you. Let that word dwell richly in you again. Get back to that place where the word of God dominates you. The word of God determines what you do. The word of God is the one that guides how you make decisions. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. And as I... And as I'm preaching tonight, the Spirit of God will be quickening your heart. You just remember some, just write it down as, as it brings it to your remembrance. You know, there are dreams that you have led to sleep. They've slipped away because the time you were expecting them, it did not happen. There are things you have prayed about that you let go of. Or let go of. Prayers don't die. Prayers don't die. Prayers don't die. Don't just let go of those things. You have dreamed. You have imagined. You have, Im you have imagined driving your own cars. You have imagined living in your own houses. You have imagined being the boss. You have imagined being promoted. And everything around you is showing as if you are not going to be promoted. The organization is looking as if they cannot support an additional headcount. Or they are not looking as if they can, they can cause you to experience an increase. The Bible says... That promotion comes either from the north, no, I mean, from not from from the east, the west, or south, but it comes from above. Promotion comes from God, and it's time for you to dream again with the word of God. Allow the word of God to form the bedrock of your dreams. It's time to dream again. Let me tell your neighbor, it's time to dream again. 
it's time to dream again. And dream, dream based on a foundation. Dream based on a sure foundation. The word of God is a sure foundation for our faith. The word of God is a sure foundation for our, for our faith. You know, dream again. I'll, I'll quickly just tell us about the story. A testament of one of our, of our members in this church. I remember for about, for about three years, he's been trying to go and do our master's abroad. I remember the first year, we wanted to go to Canada. We, I mean, you know, we, every document, everything arranged, school admission, everything on. And then at the last time, the embassy refused her. Ah, first time. You know, so second time, similar story. Did everything they required. They refused her again. I was... And so she'll come, I'll counsel, we'll pray. And then she decided, I'm not going to Canada again. Let me, let me apply to another school in the U.S. I thought Canada was easier to go to than the U.S. Well, well in the natural. So she, we started the, started the process for, for the U.S. A lot of things were not in place for the U.S., you know, but she decided determined to apply again. And she applied again. A lot of things, unlike when she was, she, she, she's done it first time, second time. But by the third time, she applied. So even where it appears much more difficult, she, she had not even paid the school fees at all. In the other ones, she had, there was one she had nearly finished paying the old school fees. And they still refused her. And then she called me two Saturdays. Hey, someone called me screaming. And very strange things happened that she went for the interview. I said on a Saturday, the interview said, yes, they said there are a lot of people um, that wanted to go this year. And they gave her. And, but you know one of the things that happened, just like what happened to Isaac? She digged again. She digged the first time. It didn't work. They strove with her. It didn't work. She did it a second time. She did it a third time. And it's time to dig again. It's time to pick up those things that God has telling you. Those things you are, those things you are let go of. You are told, can I ever get this kind of job? It's time to dig again. It's time to look for them again. It's time to apply for them again. Can I still get married? It's time to search again. It's time to open your heart again. Can I still find love? I was jilted many years ago. I don't think I can ever trust a man again. It's time to open up your heart again. Hallelujah. It's time to open up hard. And a lot of people allow the past to hold them bondage where their future is concerned. Where exercising your faith is concerned. The fact that you've, some people have had a, 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 a faith failure, a faith casualty, then they allow that to determine how they exercise their faith again. They allow that to affect how they expect. Don't allow your past experiences influence or determine what you'll experience in your future. It's time to build the future. The future is a blank sheet that you can build based on the basis of the word of God. Beyond, beyond, look, look beyond your experiences. The word of God is able to, to build for you a new future. You can write a new blueprint where that situation, where that circumstance is concerned. Yes, your experience, your experience cannot stand where the, where, if you compare it way on a scale with the word of God. 
the word of God has been tried and tested through fire seven times, several fold, and that word will always prevail. That word always comes to pass more than ever in this season. We are looking at, oh, I have four more, four more months to the end of the year. What will happen? I want it to be encouraged again, just like David encouraged himself in the Lord. He's lost a lot of things, but God stepped in on the sin for him. And in this season, God will step on, your, on the sin for you in the name of Jesus. Just like that one was declared by our pastor that between now and the end of the year, it's going to, you're going to have songs of victory. Songs of victory. It's time to experience, expect victory again. It's time to look at areas where you have suffered loss, where you have experienced loss, where you have experienced lack, and imagine victory. It's time to shut your eyes and imagine. The Bible says that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what we can ask, dare to, uh, what, what we can ask, what we can imagine, or dare to ask. And so I are there people in the house tonight who wants to dare to ask something of the Lord tonight? What can you dare to ask? What can you dare to imagine? It's time to dare to imagine. It's time to dare to imagine. You know, I remember when I was growing up, you know, uh, I mean, I, 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 if I think about my, 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 my children right now, they assume that daddy can buy anything. You know, you walk past Cold Stone and someone starts describing to you in the car the kind of ice cream you want with the toppings and everything and say, just, just pack. I say, I don't have money. No, use your ATM card. And then people just imagine because their imagination is not yet constrained by the fact that you live with a budget, you manage things, you, you, you plan it, so they think you can. So you look at a toy car, and once you see the price tag, you're already walking in this direction, while that's where they are drawing you to, because their imagination is yet to be affected by natural experiences. Now, same thing with God. Same thing with God. We've got to be like little children with God when we ask God for things. Don't let us put restrictions on God. As you are digging again, dig again. Dig one more time. Dig one more time. Where that situation is concerned, where that circumstance is concerned. You know, one of the things that that, that, that happens at times is that if you remember the story of Thomas um, Edison, and I mean, history tells us that he carried experience maybe up to 10,000 times to get the the light bulb, and then, but just imagine, by the 9,997 time, if he said, I'm not doing it again, that light, that light bulb may not have come out maybe for another 50 years, because some may just have abandoned that, but he tried again. Then he tried again, and then at the last time, he got what he wanted, what he was looking for. It's time to try again. It's time to dust up those dreams, those desires you've had on your inside, those things you have assumed that, oh, in, in this season, oh, I will let it go. There were things I used to believe while I was on campus. While you were on campus, you saw images, you saw yourself doing things all over the world, flying all over the world. You saw yourself consulting for big organizations. And then it's time to allow those dreams to come alive again. It's time to, to try and conceive again. And you know, some, some, some EM has given up on conception. Say, no, I can't conceive again. It's time to try it one more time. Hallelujah. It's time to try it again. 
it's time to do it again. You know, one of the things that happens, the Bible says, let's patience have its perfect work. Let's patience have its perfect work. It means that we, are, we remain consistently constant, applying our faith where that situation is concerned, where that circumstance is concerned. There are situations and circumstances that people have accepted as normal. It's time to refuse it. It's time to try it again. It's time to go for that, for, for, for that target again. It's time to imagine that it can happen. And it all begins from where we can imagine. Bible says God is able to do beyond what we can imagine. So what are you imagining? What are those things? There should be seasons, there should be times in your day, in your life when you see it and say, I just want to imagine. I just want to imagine the same way, the same way my daughter will walk up to me and ask me and, and she will start imagining and describing a play and I can't see the play. I cannot imagine what she would describe and mention things that I don't even know that exist. And then I will smile and I will say, yes, keep dreaming. Because I don't ever want to stop that ability to be able to dream. Concerned. Now, where, where, where we are with God, you don't ever get to that point where you stop dreaming, where you stop expecting that it's going to happen tomorrow, where you expect that that situation will change, that circumstance will change again. Hallelujah. It's time to dream again. Let me tell you, anybody, it's time to dream again. Oh, glory to God. It's time to dream again. It's time to, you know, you said I've confessed God's word over this situation, over this circumstance severally, but it has not changed. It's time to pick up that word of God again. It's time to pick up the word of God. It's time to dust those old confessions again. You have not, you are yet to see them become, come to reality. It's time to pick them up and start declaring them again and again. Over and over, over and over. It's time to pick them again. It's time to imagine the kind of jobs you want. It's time for you to start declaring the word of God. It's time to get stirred up at declaring God's word over your situation, over your circumstance. It's time to re-acknowledge the fact that God's word is the final authority over your life. God's word is the final authority over your situation. God's word is the final authority over your circumstance. It's time to open your mouth and declare it. Lord, your word is the final authority over my situation. Lord, your word is the final authority over my circumstance. And as you declare, you believe it, and situations will start conforming. Things naturally, things will conform to the word of God. Your circumstance, your experience will conform to the word of God. Hallelujah. It's time to dream again. Let me tell someone, dream again. You know, do it again. Remain consistent. Remain consistent. You've tried it. You may just, you, and it may just be a little tweak that the Holy Ghost will just tell you, tweak it in this area. Tweak it in that direction. It's time to do it again. It's time to shout again. You know, if there are times, there are seasons in our life when we let go of certain things in our life, where our lives are concerned, where situations are concerned, circumstances concerned most of the time, a lot of time it's so easy to give up. It's easier to give up than to hold on. It's easier to give up than to hold on and, and hold on until you see the end of your faith. In this season, in this time, the word of God to you is that be encouraged again. It's time to dig again. It's time to dig again. It's time to dig again, just like Isaac. Isaac kept digging. Isaac kept digging. He kept digging year in, year out. Year in, year out. And the more they oppo the, 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 the stronger the opposition, he moves on. He will dig again. You've not seen that result. You didn't see that result five years ago. Dig again. 
you have, you've got a lot of things you've imagined that by this time they should have happened. When you wrote your, you know, when you wrote, when you, when, when you had no cares, when you were not working, when Patron Patu University, you imagined a lot of things. You dreamt about the kind of houses you would like to, to live in, the kind of um, people around you. You read the story of Solomon and how people saw his servants and how they were fainting out that they said, look, the way his servants are dressed, the kind of meals his servants were eating, and you were imagining yourself to be in that position. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. I would like you to rise up tonight. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.